0: Morning, everybody. Welcome back to Tech Check episode 18. Getting on with our next guest. Well, I got lucky this time and I was able to find somebody with a really cool track record in Pakistan. His name is Muneeb Mayer. And guess what? He started the Raz.PK, made it a success, and then decided I need to do something around Urdu content and that helps people in Pakistan. And with that, I'd like to introduce Muneeb Mayer, the founder of Baikia.com. Hi, Muneeb, how are you today? Hi, how's it going? Going really well. Glad to have you with us today. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. Well, our pleasure. So Muneeb, in the form of TechCheck, let's dive right in. So the first thing we wanted to understand, what is Baikia? What is this all about? Hearing a lot about it.
1: Well, Think of Baikia as a hybrid between an Uber um, and a FedEx and a Instacart, uh, but it runs on the network of motorbikes. And the reason why we chose motorbikes as a platform is that if you're in Pakistan, the likelihood is that you know you're probably going to move people on a motorbike. There are actually four to five five times as many motorbikes in Pakistan as there are four wheeler cars and you'll need move a pizza on a motorbike as well, but not just that, you also move payments because if you're delivering anything, you're most probably going to be accepting payments in, in cash. So it will be cash and delivery. So, right. so not only payments. Uh, yeah, so, so the, the plan was to, to, to leverage the, uh, the high density of motorbikes in urban centers in Pakistan, and and make them a very powerful network for a multitude of things.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great idea, Muneeb. And you know, now that I think about it, during my own visits and interactions with Pakistan, you do see the predominance of motorcycles, and you know, you, just the general inconveniences that you have in my personal experience is like. Oh yeah, driver driver There's one driver at house in the house at four different directions to go. So it seems like you're solving for an interesting problem here. moving along along these lines. So you know you and I had a, a little bit of a conversation about this. So you said Muni, I wanna create something that's Urdu driven and has Urdu content help me understand that better
1: i mean i mean listen i mean the reality is like we're all burgers i mean you're a burger i'm a burger as well right it's just that you're in the u.s and i, I happen to be in pakistan right but the reality no, is no. we grew up in households where our education was was in english right and you're we right. are the it's privileged 10 percent of the country who has uh, who has access to higher education but like, if you look at population of the country, it's about 220 odd million, people, 20 million of them who can comprehend English, you know, so right. um, the, the, you know, what I sort of, prior to Ikea, I, I led an e-commerce business called Daraz. you know, right. really trying to hyperscale that. I kind of recognize okay, everything we were doing was we were doing it in English. And of course, you know, you can say, India, may be the gay that, right? But listen, yeah. I mean, India is a bad example for e-commerce or really for any tech. Um, app, right? Um, right? A good example, right. on the other hand, would be China, or for example, uh, you know, Vietnam, or across the border in Iran. Iran may play store near Android, ka. Iran may unkapna cafe bazaar, hai, jahan All the products there are in Farsi, right? Mm, so Pakistan so and India are unfortunate that, you know, the people in the subcontinent can't search and type in their own language. So suddenly like they, they get out of like tier three towns in the country and then they've got to learn Urdu or Hindi and then they get into like you know uh, college and then suddenly they have to learn English um, right. and, and and you're expecting them to transact and, and communicate and chat in English Sure, the 10% of the audience that has had access to that kind of education will, will make it through. You know, and those people back offices, and of course, there'll be great like the plantation workers for all the big tech companies around the world, right? Um, across continents, at a much cheaper cost. And frankly, you know, that's what I did when I first came back from the US as well. I did that for about seven years. But if you are really to grow tech and the adoption of tech within your country. You've got to enable people to communicate with one another in their own language. Or Pakistan heard that Urdu keyboard type search That's not the case in Iraq. That's not the case in Saudi Arabia. You know, that's not the case in any country that has developed or advanced. So so it was very important to take a stab at it. Because no one was taking a stab at it. No one was trying to address the larger demographic, right? Unko mobile top telcos market right. shampoo ke But nothing that was enabling them for technology. And so we thought, listen, let's start with the cities. Let's start with the two assets that they have. They have a motorbike. They have a smartphone. You know, and let's enable some of them to come and become gig workers. And let's make not just the driver app in Urdu, but also the, the customer app in Urdu, because that's the customer base that we need to like scale on. So, so we literally became one of the first major, major apps in the country that is in Urdu. In fact, um, we are probably one of the most frequently used product in the country, and it's predominantly used in Urdu. And I'm not even talking about an Arabic font in HTML. I'm talking about the Nastaliq. Uh, Urdu's most elite font. That's what our app is used in.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Very interesting. Absolutely right, Ramani. We are a little bit, and I am sitting in front of you. We are not thinking that we are English-centric. Although you are right, 20 crore of our people are not English-centric. So I, I, I really like the, the thinking process and what you are doing. And it is very interesting. You mentioned that because I have had a lot of interaction with Turkey and Iran. And I've seen, you're right, you know, those people are very, very keen and, and work very effectively in their own languages, yet they still have the modernities and the, the Western conveniences that are required. So, uh, kudos, that's uh, great, great insight and input. So, building on that, Muneeb, what's the, what's the real ask for the diaspora, right? I mean, you know, I know, I, and you know why I'm doing this show, we discussed it. So what's that in your opinion and ask, what can we as diaspora do?
1: Um, we're coming to the inflection point in Pakistan as well, where finally capital is beginning to get deployed to build products for the country itself. right? right. And reality is uh, that we have people with a lot of fervor and a lot of like perhaps technical talent in Pakistan, but mm-hmm. not the exposure that the diaspora has had, for example. Like, I mean, one of the reasons why I am perhaps even successful in Pakistan, is you know, I've dabbled my feet in both, on both sides, right? right. So, so right. I, I think it's super important, kind of like the inflection point India had about maybe a decade or a decade and a half ago. That right. inflection point is coming about in Pakistan. And, you know, inshallah, you'll see basically that we're also gonna raise a series B. It'll be a sizable series B for this part of the geography. And it will hopefully pave the path for many more series A and series B fundings for local products to be made. And I think, you know, what better would it be for the diaspora to come and either do a fellowship or come back and basically come help build something uh, which would be meaningful. Uh, because ultimately, like, listen, I mean, I think all of us, um, you know, we, we reach a certain stage in our lives where we have a certain level of success, but then we right. want to do something meaningful, right? And and I think we are hopefully going to be laying the foundations for for a meaningful product which is used at scale and which is supported by by very sound investors globally.
0: Oh, that's great. No, that's great. And, and it's interesting, Muneeb, because you touched on something that's also very near and dear to myself. And I think I'm smelling a lot of that here, too. You know, the, amongst my friends and certain people that I talk to, there's very much that passion. Because we can't just sit on the sidelines and see what's happening and hope that it gets better. We have to actually engage. So really cool. The last question I have for you, Muni is something, you know, and again, for a lot of us who aren't in Pakistan, you know, you've done this journey and you've done it multiple times. Any words of wisdom or advice for someone new who wants to come and approach this?
1: So I think um, if you can, if you are good at mapping things out and documenting, um, take that expertise and and leverage that expertise. Aapko technical talent Pakistan mein mil jayega, lekin wo communicate kar paega, ya, they won't be able to build things on their own or finish things or market them or make them look glossy enough for it to be a, you know, for it to be a global product. So I think one thing that the diaspora has is, is you have the exposure to build global products and products that can perhaps also be made out of Pakistan. right? So, so I think, you know, I left the US uh, long ago, you know, almost, almost in 2004. So I've been, right. I've been back a while, but I think all of what you all have is you have all the knowledge and exposure to, to know what has worked in the West and to figure out how to, you know, particularly post COVID, leverage a remote labor pool um, that may be able to build things um, that can be sold and packaged and marketed by you. Uh, Phil Knight's ki book, Shoe Dog, right? He's the mm. Nike guy. Right? Mm. And, and you know, he keeps saying that Nike is a marketing company. You know, because right. so I think you know, one thing that you guys have learned is that you've learned how to basically, you know, um, process things right. and, and sell them, Right. But, you, you know, you will be able to find um, some level of wage arbitrage in Pakistan. And, and you know, using uh, leveraging that, that labor pool in Pakistan would, would, be, would be a great advantage.
0: Uh, it's great insight and it's something to definitely think about. And I think what, what, what we're also trying to get people more comfortable with is that a lot of people have a fear of the unknown and the systems and the way things work in Pakistan. And that's something I think people like yourself really need to lead the, lead the pack on, right? And, and helping them understand and saying, look, it's not that big of a mystery. It's something different, but you can overcome this. And I think it's really important that people like yourself, again, continue to provide that guiding light.
1: i <laughs> example. A few hundred years ago, when Europeans put to random you know, geographies, right. they went and things weren't seamless. Trade was not seamless. No, but no. they went in and said, you know, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make this trade happen. We're going to go back and trade in our geographies. Right. And, and I think that's the attitude. It's the, it's the explorer attitude you have to keep. Because if you're going to get frustrated by going into an emerging geography, even though you may have grown up and you go and, you get frustrated by it, you will not be able to trade. You know, you're in a great position to trade uh, because you can speak both languages.
0: Right. No, you're absolutely right. Good insight there, Muneeb. And as always, Muneeb, as we're coming up at the end of our time for TechCheck, first of all, I really wanted to thank you and I wanted to wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Uh, May you and people like yourself continue to flourish and be successful. This is something really great for Pakistan. Me personally, from a diaspora perspective, really enjoy seeing these things. And I love talking to people like yourself and learning more. So with that, thank you very much for joining us today. To our audience, thank you very much for supporting us. We're getting really, really big here. I, I can't keep up with the volume of episodes that we have to put out. Keep following us, keep liking us, keep sharing us. We hope this story continues to penetrate across Pakistan and to our diaspora. And with that, thank you, Muneeb. Thank you, audience, Allah.